What's up, Sam? Hey, Nathan. What's up? Oh, not not much. Just um, over here in Richmond, hanging out. Do you think people are tired of our intro yet? And you think we Probably. should perhaps change Probably. it up? Probably. I know I would be. Yeah. I know yeah, I am. It's, it's pretty uninspired. Uninspired? Are you I drinking like a cappuccino? New, yeah. I feel like it's the new year and we should be doing, we should be changing stuff up, reevaluating the why behind what we're doing and doing things to set us up for success, you know, like, like making a theme song. Hmm. Speaking of songs, oh, that's a cool mug. What is that mug? Troy and Abed in the morning. Oh. You ever seen Community? A, no. You haven't seen Community? I tried to watch Community the first few oh. episodes when it first came out i just didn't didn't like it much first three seasons of community are some of the best television out there you haven't uh, mentioned <sighs> what i'm wearing today um well what are you wearing sam well see that's a good thing that you didn't notice immediately these are the apple airpods the new wireless oh. earpods boring <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah well you know it's good you didn't notice them and, and have this like immediate reaction that i think a lot of people a lot of people feel self-conscious uh, about how they they might look because the tech i don't tech journalism industry as uh i th- i think of it it's it's literally its own industry yeah uh, they keep writing apple is subject to specific criticism rightly so being that they're the biggest tech company in the world but um you know, it's it's right that, that people criticize them, but they go, you know, head over shoulders to try and figure out things to, uh, is that the right phrase? Head over shoulders? Uh, head over heels? Well, head over heels isn't really the right term. No, no. Anyway, they go out of their way to come up with things to write about, to paint Apple that's, products in, that's a, in a negative way. Yeah. yeah. They go out of their way to, yeah. to find flaws, even if they're invented. I don't think they look that bad. You didn't even notice I was wearing them. And, uh, well, uh, now that I do notice that you're wearing them, it looks like you, you have like a yerk in your ear. And there's like <laughs> a, there is literally, um, yeah, that looks, that looks foul. Looks like something okay. is trying to escape. I really like them because they work really well across so many devices and uh, I can actually hear the outside world around me while listening to other things. So it's really useful if you're traveling in airports and need to hear announcements or if you're on a run or something like that, which I haven't done in about six months, but still, uh, it's nice to hear the world around you if the car is coming across the street or something. With my other in-ear wireless ones, it just like creates an earplug yeah. seal and it, yeah, it's a little more dangerous, I'd say. Oh, definitely. Yeah. But they look a little nicer. I wonder if anyway. um I wonder if Apple is looking for any uh voice actors that can sell their products because um I get that you know, a lot. They, Not they the voice acting part, but you. the the Apple sales. Yeah, everyone says I should do that. Uh, <laughs> I don't think they could pay me enough, but <laughs> Fair. I was just Consider in the that Apple a story. challenge, uh, Apple. <laughs> I was in the Apple store yesterday actually. Uh, you know, just browsing as you do. Uh-huh. And? And I was just, then I walked out. Oh. Got a, mac, <laughs> got a macaroon. <laughs> and I decided you know today that, I would not buy an Apple computer. Did, did you know that I, I make a point to go to an Apple store in every city I visit? Yes, I know. Because I've been yeah. to New York with you and yeah. Denver. So and Actually, is there one in Denver? And uh, I don't anyway, remember one there. Yeah. I've been multiple 
multiple zones of our earth with you and <laughs> we've gone to an apple store and everyone and i've regretted each time i i wonder if they'll have one in jamaica <laughs> oh yeah dude we got to check that Did one you out book your flight yet you didn't book your flight yet? no i haven't booked my flight yet <laughs> okay dude i got this on lock all right <laughs> so me and sam are shooting a, uh, a wedding in jamaica Almost at a Jamaican yeah. wedding, but I don't Couple think it's weeks. a Jamaican wedding. No, they are from DC. Uh, it's at mm-hmm. a resort in Jamaica, so it should be pretty, pretty fun and easy. Um, I've been to Jamaica once, Montego Bay. Yeah, that's where that's where we're going. That's awesome. So you'll know all the hot Jamaica's spots. Jamaica's a great you know. place. Uh, you jumping on this whole best of review post? Oh train? yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm a, I've already begun it, but um, I still have one more wedding to, that I want to get finished and out the door before I actually post it but yeah um yeah is that the kind of thing it. that's going to be a huge time sink and a big ordeal or do you keep track of stuff as as you go along i mark in in every wedding i mark um things for portfolio so it it's i i have an easy way to do a you know my weddings um i have an easy way to pick my wedding ones and then um otherwise i'm just going through my delivered photo my, you know my delivered list because i just have one Woohoo, sorry guys. Just have um Silence that one um, one catalog for every year. And right now it, it's starting to get a little slow. <laughs> Twenty sixteen. Um, oh your catalog is? Yeah, it's start, starting 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 to slow my computer down a little granted I have a tw- you know, a six year old computer at this point. But um Yeah, you can uh, update that thing. I yeah, so it's it's pretty easy. I just go through all my photos and find the ones that I've flagged. I use a yellow flag um for all of my um, portfolio images throughout my catalog so i just click yellow go to all images and scroll down the list and uh that that's a good that's a good first run through and then i'll pick some of my non-wedding uh images or you know some of the political stuff i've shot during the year or um or any personal stuff and and grab that too what are you laughing at are you laughing at? They're laughing <laughs> no, with me, Michael. Yeah. <laughs> laughing with me. <laughs> They're laughing with me. Um, cool. Yeah, I just keep a running four star on anything that's like blog where I realized that my year of review post was essentially just my Instagram feed. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure how I felt about that. I, I feel like I feel like I should be posting more just silly stuff to Instagram, like still quality work, but just mm-hmm. stuff that's not necessarily like my absolute absolute very best portfolio contender which is what i usually try and go for right i post some filler stuff in instagram but i don't yeah. like that my end of review post was essentially just my instagram feed uh, <laughs> for the year it's kind of weird but that's cool so it didn't take you too long to uh throw that no, together it took me took me like an hour at the most and i designed a i forgot i'd never or every single year i try and order a baller like seven hundred dollar 10 by 10 leather bound thick paged matte album mm-hmm. like basically a portfolio of my work here i've got one got one here i've seen them yeah these huge things and uh i never did one for 2015 so i oh, no. designed and ordered that yesterday cool Ugh. and then i need to design 2016 still but i was kind of tired of looking at those pictures so that's yeah. cool yeah, I think it's it's really nice. I'm still planning to catch up on blogging a bit, 
through the winter because I feel like having a fresh website is really nice when most people are looking for oh yeah like photographers and stuff i think the first the january is generally kind of slow for inquiries because newly engaged people are still locking down their dates and their venues but usually around mm-hmm. february they are full-on looking for photographers and having the, a best of is a pretty fantastic way to be like these are my best images from just last year mm-hmm. and it's generally a lot different than what's in my portfolio you know that's every year of shooting accumulated and uh i think it just gives people a good good sense of where you're at um and then i also like i said think taking january and february as a time to catch up on blogging overall is a good good idea to makes you a little more active on your website than a lot of other photographers who have nothing to share because they're not shooting many winter weddings oh yeah exactly i I have probably at least 15 or 20 things that are backlogged that I have not blogged and I'm, I've got to get those out. My only worry is that I don't want to push down my 2016 best of too much. I wish there's no way on my site to like pin it at the top or anything like that. That'd be kind of nice. Maybe that's something to look into. Jeff Newsom used to have a great, I think he designs his own site on Squarespace. He had a great like, Here's all. Here's my blog. Here's my portfolio. Here's a link to my best of 2014, best of 2015, best of. I thought that was really cool. That's really cool. Uh, yeah. To just have specifically. Yeah. Hold on. Bless you. Sorry about that. Um, yeah, having um, a best of is, is great for engagement. Um, mainly because as soon as I see one of those on Facebook, I really just can't resist clicking it and taking yeah. a, a good look at an overview of what any particular photographer has done for the entire year. And um, it's really, it's really nice. um, Not just competitively to like, see, all right, how am I doing, you know, in comparison to other photographers, but also just to kind of check in and uh, see how my friends have, have done this year and see what kind of, you know, how they've pushed the boundaries, how they've tried to push themselves. Um, Yeah. I mean, um, it's, it's it's kind of frustrating these days. You just never know what's going to slip through the cracks on people's social media and stuff like that. Um, simply because algorithms curate stuff and, uh, yeah, there's, I'm I'm sure, uh, on a regular basis, people that are missing, missing things, um, even if they actively try and follow you. So it is, it is cool. I'm looking at the uh, Nordica photography, one right now it's pretty sweet nice yeah nordica nordica always does a really nice best of they've changed their processing it's like so straight out of camera it's like contrasty and Mm -hmm. very like unprocessed they used to be very viscoey exactly yeah they yeah they've they've uh seems like they've rethought that a little bit i guess yeah i know they're also shooting the fuji system a lot the mirrorless one. Do we have a podcast about mirrorless yet? Yeah, the last one we did. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. I am still waiting for this mythical Fuji medium format camera. Fuji, let's get this thing out the door. I'm I'm going to buy it. Oh, it's not even opening for pre-orders until like late January oh. or sometime in February. They said. So. Well, that's good. I, I mean, I haven't heard a peep out of Fuji for, for yeah well, since they announced it, pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think, uh, I know the Hasselblad medium format, which I was really interested in. It was announced in the summer mm-hmm. pre-order started in August, supposed to ship or like July is supposed to ship in August and it's still not shipping. 
Wow. <laughs> it's still not shipping. I, it, I wouldn't, and it's using the same sensor that the Fuji one is. So I wonder if they're having sensor mm. issues. They're clearly having some sort of issues with manufacturing. Um, wouldn't shock me if it's a sensor thing because I think it's Sony making the sensors, but I'm not 100% sure. I know, I know it's not Fuji making it, and I know it's not Hasselblad making it. Maybe I should verify that. Yeah, let's let's check that because um, I, I wonder does does Hasselblad do any kind of different, you know, behind the scenes processing on their images? Otherwise, you're looking at a similar image for two very. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. No, all the manufacturers tend systems. to. It's a it's a sensor that's been on actually. I believe it's been on other cameras that are currently out in the wild. So mm -hmm. I don't think there's any huge expectation of the sensor quality being different than what's available already, but um, they definitely have their proprietary interpretation of the, the data that the sensor captures for sure. Yeah. Um, I'm fairly confident that I'm remembering correctly that the Sony sensors that are in the Nikon cameras are the same or very similar to the sensors they use in their mirrorless cameras. But that, you know, the colors are very different on, on those. And that's just because Sony doesn't have access to Nikon's algorithms and processing and the other way around. So yeah, I can't find anything about this sensor, but it says, um, yeah, expected early 2017. Pretty excited. I think it's going to be around 8,000 bucks though. So. Yeah, that's that's fine. I um, the I like that it's um, it can be kind of adapted to different aspect ratios. Um, I'm reading on Petapixel here that uh, four point three is the default, but you can also choose three by two, one by one, four by five, six by seven, and six by seventeen. That's cool. Yeah, that's, that's great. I'm. I've I've always been interested in like what it would be like to shoot stills at exclusively at sixteen by ten or sixteen by nine. I think it would be really I, cool. I, and cinematic. I would love it. I just wish there was a way to do it so that in viewing it yeah, in had the, the the crop, but in the final result it was totally normal. Or if gosh, you know, if there's ever a day when Lightroom and Adobe partner up with camera manufacturers yep um like properly they could do things like have it have like a, a masked outline of what the 16 by 9 composition is but still give you access to the full frame or something like they could sure you could in fact really amazing things you could for instance you could shoot at uh 16 by 10 your in your viewfinder it would be completely black um on the top and bottom um, eliminating your view completely so that you can correctly compose yeah. um, without without being distracted. And then when you bring it in, similarly to how you sh if you shot in black and white, uh, but you shoot in on the back of your camera, but you shoot in raw. Uh, when it brings it in, it just shows you the color image. Oh, actually, no, it show it it brings it in in black and white, but the image is actually color. Um, mm -hmm. The image is is of course not doctored in any way the raw file remains unchanged when you bring it in that 16 by 10 aspect ratio could be what you see but when you hit that r button uh it pops you can see that it's actually been the, the full image is actually still there that could be cool yeah gosh um there's so much there's so much that could be here, done. Adobe. yeah it, it blows my mind how behind 
things are. But, you know, maybe we're also really spoiled by tech companies just being so well-funded and... That's true. ...and profitable. Yeah, it's risky. Um, Risky business. Yeah, it is. And, you know, they uh, don't... You know, they've had declining revenues forever, Canon and Nikon. (laughs) They're just not selling those point sheets anymore. Right. So I guess they don't have as much money for R&D, but... Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, I can't wait to to shoot with that and see if it's got a place in the workflow of a wedding photography photographer. I, I think it. I think it could. But. I think it definitely could. Seeing as I, I've I've um, I've second shot for a number of film photographers that shoot uh, contacts or Pentax. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And they uh, and it's it's really interesting to see their workflow because generally what they'll do is shoot film all day. Um, and then once they get to the reception and they just switch to digital cause who cares? Um, mm. and, uh, I, I really like that idea. I think, if, you know, bringing in a, a medium format digital camera could really, um, get some really great stuff really anytime during the day. And then again, once you, you know, once you switch to reception or cocktail hour or something, um, you know, just pop over to your, um, your actual, you know, 35 yeah. millimeter system. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Exciting times. I'm, I hope they get it right. Uh, but, and I still, I still think it was sort of genius that they, um, skipped over full oh, frame sensors altogether. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> I love awesome. that move. I'm really, I, that makes me very happy that they're willing to, to take some risks. Yeah. Um, um, okay, so I have a flight to catch soon. We should probably jump right into our uh, our main topic. The I'm flying to San Diego. San Diego, by the way, for anyone that lives in San Diego, what up? I'll be there till Friday. Um, yeah, Rogue One. So we're talking Let's, Rogue One. Yeah, I don't think we'll get quite as intense as we did with Force Awakens, but uh, we'll you've see. seen it twice now? Is that right? I have seen it twice. I saw I've it, seen it in uh, regular and 3D IMAX. I've only seen it in regular but um, I've only seen it one and a half times. I saw it again yesterday, but I left halfway through. (gasps) Why? Because I was bored. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so, well, you missed the best, the better half, uh, which is the second half. I stayed up through uh, Darth Vader doing the awkward chokehold with his weird fingers uh, in his lava cave. His, Um, His Darth Vader's castle rumored to Castle. be on Mustafar. Okay. Um, yeah, no. I, okay. So, so I don't know. I don't know how to dissect, dissect this movie. I guess, do you want to give your first, you said your opinion changed after the second time you saw it? Yeah. Um, the first time I saw it, I saw it opening night. I, I went we in should, my rebel we fighter uniform. Spoilers. Spoilers are fair game here. So turn Oh yeah. I'm going to spoil are, the entire yeah. thing. Yeah. Um, okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, yeah, I saw it opening night. It was a lot of fun. Um, first viewing, I liked it uh, overall. A couple of things that rubbed me ro- the wrong way immediately, um, but for the most part, I-, I came out of that movie being like, "Oh, that was that was awesome!" Cra- did, crazy, crazy. Was that the general tragic, consensus in the room? Did you huh? did you notice any feel in the room overall, like with everybody around you? Was that the general consensus? Like this is great, or was there debate? Or general consensus was, was that people really liked it. Uh, yeah, everybody was kind of excited by the end i was in a a completely packed crowd i I love movies and i love going to the movies when there's tons of people 
Um, maybe that's just because I'm an introvert. I mean, an extrovert. I, I don't know what that is necessarily, but I love hearing people react to yeah. things and seeing I how it that. works. I, I saw it basically by myself. <laughs> okay. It's in a giant theater. Yeah. So, um, the, everybody's reactions were, were really, it was really fun to hear people's reactions. I thought when, uh, the, the droids jokes went over really well with the crowd. Um, he was great. And I agree. Darth Vader's uh, like unbelievable, like attack scene at the end was amazing. That and people were like flipping out, like people were just yeah. cheering the entire time. Uh, yeah. While Darth Vader was like just cutting people down, it was, and choking it was like people. a you know a handoff, a baton pass with this disc of data from one person to the next. It's yeah, awesome. it was great. Yeah. Um, so that was kind of my general consensus. What was your general I, I consensus? Also, I also thought that part was cool. Just jumping ahead a little, in that it kind of framed a little bit the context of where the next movie was, because I had always felt like he had been chasing them a long time and just finally stumbled across the princess and her ship but it, it made it seem like this could have been days or just weeks connected or it could to have been the next movie hours i like, mean it could yeah. have been hours yeah yeah it was it was very yeah that, that was that was so great and i knew that they were starting to stitch stitch those films together when the um the lights and the the alarm was blasting in the ship because it was the same alarm yeah. sound in the beginning of a new hope wow. which is so cool yeah wow. yeah i love I, it i um, um i actually I, my my take on it was the first time it was it was good i liked it i enjoyed it I, it was not one of my top favorite star wars movies mm -hmm. but um I hated the music for the first 30 or 40 minutes. <sighs> Music's bad. It was really distracting music to me. It just seemed like a, a spoof of Star Wars sounds mm -hmm. and music, and it didn't it just did not hit. Uh, but the second time I watched it, actually, the music didn't bother me at all. So I don't know what was going on with that. But, um, okay. yeah, I, I just didn't really connect to anyone in the whole movie the the guy mm. the lead and sorry i just i'm horrible at character names all i really know is Jin, which is the girl right yeah <laughs> um the the guy the boy that what's his uh the boy the terrorist guy that i guess turns into good toward the end of it he, he we, we were introduced with him and he basically murders a guy in cold blood <laughs> to oh. get away from some stormtroopers yeah the main the uh, other main character the main guy yeah I, I I I was confused by him. Like we are introduced to him literally murdering some guy who was helpless it's, it's with the a rebel alliance. Arm. That's that's what happens when you're rebel. You gotta you gotta take your chances. I guess, but that just seemed weird. And he did nothing to make me believe or feel like he had redeemed himself from that. Uh, he was just a straight murderer the whole film. Um, that was annoying. I don't know. Maybe I should start off with my favorite things. Visually, it was pretty amazing, other than the clear and obvious use of Iceland as the opening location. That was kind of <laughs> annoying, because it's so oh, overdone now. And I'm like, oh, that must be Iceland. Like, come on. They got to uh, they gotta change that I up. like it, though. It kind of... I, we haven't seen an Iceland um spot in a you know iceland type world a rain you know rainy world yeah. in um in star wars yet and it was kind of cool yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, it, it was it was cool visually. Just my own personal exposure to Iceland has been tainted um, <laughs> due to the overuse of it as a wedding destination and such. But the other thing, uh, though, jumping ahead a little more, um, I don't think we should really go into any specifics chronologically through the movie, unless you want to. But Why not? I hated the character of the uh, the the unhinged guy, the the terrorist dude who had like health problems and stuff. I uh, don't remember his name, oh. but uh, the guy that raised Jin, you know, basically took her from yeah, her Saw Gerrera. Dad. Saw Gerrera. I, I hated him. I thought he was ridiculous. Uh, the way that they introduced him, he that was kind of cool, like with the, just his feet and everything, and mm-hmm. then they pan up, and there's this guy yeah. and then he, breathing from this mask is supposed to be this intimidating, like gesture or something like it was just did not play at all so a little background to saw guerrera is that he's actually already an established character in um i think it was i think it's the clone wars uh okay or maybe it's um maybe it's star wars rebels i haven't seen it but i've been told that he's a um he's already an established character he's basically a rebel um he, but he's not really part of the rebel alliance because he's more he's a little more on the kit do anything, kill anyone. Yeah. Um, yeah. He's much more that. dangerous. Yeah. And so they, they don't work together very much because they don't really quite agree on ideology. Um, the yeah. thing is though, is that he's, there's a lot of uh, parallels between Saw Gerrera and Vader. So he's kind of the rebels Vader thing. He's got, huh. he's got lots of replaced parts because his legs have been blown off and, um, and he's a kind of um, dangerous, more dangerous leader, more um, I- intense person, and so he. So that's why they. It, that's okay. kind of his his yeah. thing. Um, he's well, supposed to be kind of the rebels' just, version of Vader. He could have like basically not that that entire part of the movie probably could have been cut, and it would have been just as fine yeah they just did not develop his character at all i did not i did not feel like i i actually did not mind forrest whitaker being cast as that i thought actually in and in the previews um he has better lines um which they they made him seem like a huge critical part of the movie yeah and so he was just a small part i I don't mind him being in the movie but i they had tons of missed opportunities for instance the um the uh well let's let me go back because i want to i want to say that the second viewing um well the thought the thinking after the first viewing and the subsequent second viewing has led me to believe that basically i don't really love the movie um i almost don't even like the movie uh, mainly Ooh. because there are so many missed opportunities in that mm. movie that i am i that really bugged me and so the first half is that there's lots of missed opportunities. And then there's secondly, a number of uh, inexcusable things in the movie that I am really, really frustrated at. Like the, the face CG? Were you yeah. convinced? Did you think it looked good? So it did. I think it did look good. Um, I think it Ugh. looked passable, but I find um, the way that they did that to be totally inexcusable you can't resurrect (laughs) a person um i i they i know that they got um peter cushing's estate's permission to use his likeness in this way 
but I, I still don't, th- this is not how you do movies. You hire an yeah. actor, you get, and then they contribute their role, their version of what Grand Moff yeah. Tarkin would have been like in Rogue One. This is not how you do movies. Now, if it had just been um, Leia, at the very end, she gets CG'd in too. Yeah. That I, if it's like one second of one scene, even though I don't think that scene needs to be in the movie at all, that would yeah. have been maybe I wouldn't have been so pissed off. But okay. the, but yeah. replacing a central character with with CG well, magic. They, they did have an actor there on set that had the same facial bone structures and everything as Peter, but um. But they were essentially emulating as best they could. Right. How but you, my my yeah. question is, do we really need to have no. Peter I, Cushing himself yeah. in agree. Rogue yeah. One? Because Peter Cushing is long dead. Do we yeah. really need I, him in there? Can't it honestly, be? Honestly, I didn't even think that... He, the the only purpose of his character was to cause friction for the other dude, the the, the guy that built the Death Star. Yeah, Ben Mendelsohn's character, character uh, yeah, yeah, Orson Krennic. Yeah, yeah. The only reason that uh, you know he existed was for him to have friction and and have this like, mm-hmm. you know, you can't take my Death Star from me. I built this. That was really it. Right. <laughs> it's like uh, yet again, they could have done away with an entire character in the movie yeah. and just fine. But they what they could have done is they could and and this kind of starts falling into the missed opportunities section was Orson Krennic. Uh, which is Ben Mendelsohn's character, the the white robe, the man in white. Yeah, the um, guy that built the Death Star. He he did. He was such a he's 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 a compelling character, um, but he was not a good bad guy. Like he didn't really? have. Any, he, he was just was. getting smacked he, around the whole yeah, movie. He felt very sinister to me. Like very. He did, especially when he was like, "Oh, it's beautiful," and all these people were just yeah. being killed from it. He, <laughs> he seemed pretty messed up. Yeah, he did. He did. He he did have a menacing. Like like I said, he he played the character well. I just beautiful. don't think I mean, that they wrote actor. enough bad yeah. stuff for him to do. Like yeah, I I wanted. It would have been cooler if. He was in charge of the Death Star. He did all these bad things. He yeah. knocked out Jetta. He destroyed the tower. Um, and um, and then it was Grand taken Moff away from Tarkin. him because because he failed or something at the end of the movie. Yeah, like, or he Tarkin got killed. Or yeah, Grimoff Tarkin came in because also backstory is that Orson Krennic and Grimoff Tarkin are like constantly at odds. Apparently, oh. um, so it sounds to me like they they pulled very heavily from other back pre-written backstories and uh just in those two things actually i think yeah um i mean they they did they did pull a little bit um and yeah like vader's castle is apparently a a real place um Hmm. in the star wars mythology he has his own like last place he'd want to live (laughs) (laughs) like right next to the lava thing um Uh, although i did like the mad max uh homage to him in the back to tank um yeah gathering cool. power well, I, that's that's I that what cool. I, I got a little um mad max vibe from um the uh Sagarera. forrest whitaker's character yeah. yeah with the the whole gas mask and stuff. totally and like, but he just seemed it just seemed pathetic like it did it seemed distracting and yeah. not scary it, unlike they just underdeveloped mad max him. where it was just like oh this guy's like crazy you know yeah they underdeveloped them and it just didn't work and yeah. the music during that part also was even on the second viewing 
hilarious. The music's um, so bad. So what I so what silly. I found out, dude, is that the when they did the reshoots because there was you know, lots of movies have reshoots. Um, yeah, pickups. I think they call. Them. Yeah, this one was full on reshoots. They reshot forty percent of the movie. And, what? Um, <laughs> yeah, they, which is similar to Suicide Squad, which also did not perform very well. Um, but. And the you know the purpose of reshoots is to make a movie better, not worse. I get that, but um, what the problem with <laughs> reshoots was, they did all the reshoots and then they had to rescore it because it was so you know it was a, it was different, different enough that they needed to rescore it, and they couldn't get the the first um, the first composer who was amazing. Who is, his name is slipping me, but he in the trailers the music sounds incredible, and the new guy he does whatever it was he works with disney all the time and his he did a terrible job i can't stand the music in this movie versus and compare that to the force awakens amazing soundtrack to the force awakens john williams yeah Yeah. but that's really funny because i was thinking the whole time that it did seem almost like two separate people because there are parts of the movie where the music is awesome and perfect Mm -hmm. and didn't get in the way of the story and really served to like pull your emotions in a way that wasn't distracting like oh the music is really doing this but then there's all these other times where it was just like why is the music doing this right now like why am i why am i consciously paying attention to how bad the music is instead of like what is going on with my on the screen uh so that's really fascinating that's that's puzzling so that's that's part of what happens when you do extensive reshoots you got to factor that in um and unfortunately they lost possibly one of the best assets that they had now remember uh also going back to the prequels the only thing good about the prequels was the music was amazing um in in phantom well, menace john williams attack of the clones the man is a living genius yeah, yeah. and and revenge of the, of <laughs> the he ever not done a good job yeah. yeah um he's he's incredible and he did an amazing job it was the only thing that i liked about the prequels um and i liked it a lot i thought the music was perfect um but so anyway, going back to Rogue One, um, what were some of the things that you did like about it? Um, visually, special effects and everything. Yeah, other than great other than the CG everything. faces was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you know that they actually the Rebel base at uh, y- Yavin Four? Or whatever, Yavin Four. I don't mm-hmm. Remember? Yeah, yeah. Uh, they used cardboard cutouts of X-wings and Y-wings fighters with the exact same technique that were that was used in 1977 cool. on A New Hope. Yeah, to fill out the hangar and everything. They were Great. full-sized cardboard cutouts. That's that's awesome. Yeah, they dude, yeah. I, I loved it. I thought that the the shots were it kind of looked obvious some some cases looked obviously like models and I was like kind of happy about that. I was like, "All right." Um yeah. one of the Star Destroyer shots, I I was like, "Oh, this is definitely a model." that they're moving yeah. the camera did towards. You feel that? I think did it was cool. It didn't bug me at all until someone else mentioned it. Did, was it was it bothersome for you to see a Star Destroyer on a planet? No, in fact, that the, was one of the coolest yeah. shots I thought of the whole movie was the the Star Destroyer hovering over Jeddah City um, with yeah. all of its little TIE fighters and Lambda shuttles flying around it. It was so cool. Did yeah, you like that? I, yeah, I did. I thought it was it was visually cool. I I didn't click in my mind that it was, I think the first time that one had ever been used on a planet. I, mm-hmm. You wonder why they don't do that more often when in battle and stuff during <laughs> <That's> <laughs> all true. the other movies. 
that would certainly be a helpful thing to have on the ground. Um, That's true. But, but um, it was, I, yeah, I it loved, was visually awesome. I loved the feel of, I, I think they really nailed the feel of there's this, this um, dominating imperial presence over everything. And it's sort of an evil presence. And you have this group of rebels trying to take it down. Um, I thought they did a really good yeah. job of that, of kind of establishing that world where there's um, Saw Gerrera's fighters are kind of in a sort of Syria, Aleppo looking thing are trying to, you know, take out a tank and are battling hand to hand on the streets. Um, mm -hmm. And then you have the rebel Alliance kind of actually coming in with a fleet at one point and doing raids um, and I, I thought that yeah. was really cool. They kind of demonstrate the, the push pull of power. Yeah. Um, I, how'd you feel? I, I, again, didn't bother me. Didn't even realize this was the first time for a star Wars movie, but how'd you feel about the, um, on screen captions for each planet as, Hated as it, it was introduced hated it beyond <laughs> all okay. reason dude that's not how you also, introduce it, things in star wars and it was also ridiculous how many new planets we were introduced to in the first like 10 minutes of the movie sure <laughs> i like, literally like six places exactly in 10 and, minutes or something in this one i also chalk up to missed opportunities and misunderstanding how to do a star wars movie because me and vanit were talking about this and we discovered we kind of figured out the visual language of introducing places in star wars how does yeah. it how does it happen almost every single time in the in every movie the force awakens prequels and um and the original trilogy you're introduced to a location or a planet by seeing the planet and then seeing whoever adventurer or bad guy or whatever swooping into the shot with either mm -hmm. when it's bespin the millennium falcon swoops in um with dagobah um Luke Skywalker's X-Wing swoops into Dagobah. In this mm. one, we're just see an asteroid field, and it's like, this is this place. And we're like, I, yeah. I, don't tell me that. I want to find out on my own. Um, Interesting. Yeah. That, that really I think they probably me. had to do it just be, to keep track of what the heck was going on. Yeah, probably. That, it was so dense up front. But, um, yeah. So that, that, that mm. definitely bugged me. It, it didn't <laughs> really bother me. me. It didn't bother me. And again, I think there's space for them to... to to deviate from sure. the, you know, visual language or, or how they've done things in other movies when it's when it's sort of these filler B movies it's instead of like Star Wars main. story. Yeah, 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 exactly. Um, but you know, there's only so, so much they can push it before people really start to hate it. Uh, how'd you feel about? I I personally hated the uh, the ninja character, the only kind of force sensitive guy sure. in the whole movie. Oh, I loved I him. I hate, I hate it. I, I, there were parts where I, I kind of liked him, but he was just, it was way too ninja. Like, like it wasn't, it just didn't feel, I don't know. I mean, I guess he was the only real connection to the force yeah. other than uh, Jen's necklace <laughs> and like her mom mentioning, mentioning I, to follow I, the force. But I just thought he was the things, his dialogue was just silly. And maybe it was his delivery, maybe it was the writing, but I just okay. it just always took me out. I was just like, this is this is playing this is paying service to getting 
other countries to go see this movie more than mm. he's a critical this is a okay. star wars character portion of the film now i i thought like his fighting was amazing mm. like the the i don't know what you'd call it but like the the visual style of his fighting was amazing so cool what he would do with his uh staff and everything but um and and his comic relief was good too but i just yep. thought some of the lines was, were so the you know i'm one with the force and the force is one with me or whatever he just kept saying it or whatever just mm-hmm. did not he didn't sell it for me or maybe the writing didn't but. okay i i I, yeah. I actually fully disagree with that just because um although i i see where you're going uh and you're coming from i like the character um because it it gives because in my opinion the jedi are kind of like samurai war, like ronin type samurai warrior yeah. type things yeah. that are um a force for lawfulness and good in the universe uh, without necessarily being attached or affiliated to any particular kingdom or um, okay. political yeah. ideology. And huh. having him being kind of this um, sort of almost like, sort of like a ninja trainee type personality, um, I thought it was cool to kind of give a nod to the Jedi are uh, something that you need to work up to not everyone can be a jedi um and he's a type of person that's force sensitive but he's not really a jedi proper training yeah and i thought that was kind of neat yeah i agree uh but it also seemed kind of silly that he knew some sort of martial arts (laughs) like yeah i just thought that part was a little unnecessary he could have been a little more just like a fighter Mm -hmm. and less you know yeah definitely Um, and i i will say also another missed opportunity um is he when he in the scene where he where he finally dies he walks out with his staff in front of him saying i'm the with the force and the force is with me um and he repeats that as he's walking out amid gunfire from elite troops and he doesn't die because the force is with him um and then as he gets close he like you know he pulls the lever and then he gets shot um, I thought it would be incredible, um, and a number of other people have, have mentioned this online as well, if he had been shot on the way to trying to pull the lever with his hand, and as he's dying, he reaches out with the force and pulls the lever and then dies. Oh, oh my yeah. God, would that have been amazing? Like, dude. Uh, it, it, compared to what they ended up doing, ex- which was yeah, using which, the force for him to survive, and then his other friend who doesn't use the vor- the force runs across just, yeah, our- also doesn't get shot yeah. lays there with him for like 10 minutes and also doesn't get yeah. shot so I'm like, right in the mi- guys you <laughs> missed the point come on how could you miss Dang. that that, that would have been, been like a awesome. 10 second like reshoot thing like oh that would have been so good yeah um so again like even with one of my favorite characters in that movie they missed a great opportunity for him to really say something about the force um so what did you think yeah, about yeah. Jin or so the main character i thought she was great uh, i her acting was really fantastic and uh, you know as far as i can 
critique acting. Right. Uh, I, but she sold me on everything. I, I thought it, she was really good. I thought, I know, I think I've heard a lot of people complain about her pep talk to like win everybody over and mm-hmm. how cheesy that was. But I actually thought she did a great job. I, yeah. I liked that scene when she was trying to was sell everybody on hope and, and, you know, building the rebellion back up. But, um, I liked her overall. I thought she was fantastic. She she wasn't quite a um, uh, as as strong of a character as um, Ray, <laughs> for sure. Oh, definitely from not. Force yeah. Awakens, but um, yeah, I, I can't honestly think of any anything that I disliked about her. My favorite character overall was K two S O, the robot. Oh, nice, the sure. robot. I thought he hit, he hit the perfect temperament and you know, of comedy and everything. Um, and the guy that played her apparently improvised a lot of his lines and stuff. Like even the um, oh, Alan, uh, uh, the slap when he slaps uh, Cassian's face mm-hmm. was improvised. That was not in the script. Oh, really? Um, That's cool. Which is weird. So he must have been there in like a green screen robot costume or something in order to interact, which is great because I feel like you know up until probably just recently you weren't able to improvise much with CG characters because they were so controlled and done in, in post for the most part. Right. So it's, it's cool. And I, I don't know he just hit that perfect balance of comedy and, and not being annoying, like, uh, you know, a Jar Jar or even a C3PO status. <laughs> he was, <laughs> he was just kind of perfect for me. And, and the way he died, that scene just visu- visually was so freaking awesome. I thought he was like was straight cool out too. of a comic book with the framing when he was like on this circular control panel, like laying down on it. Mm-hmm. Um, trying to save them or you know as best he could i thought that was all fantastic yeah i i also really liked k2so um my only my only qualms with him i liked his comedy comic relief um but my only my only real qualm with him is that they could have made him feel a lot more like a droid like a star wars droid he kind of felt like a human to me um yeah where c3po really felt like a droid um and um, Vineet brought up a, an interesting point that um, C-3PO is a protocol droid, so he's supposed to talk and act like a human to make humans feel comfortable around him. Um, but K-2SO is a... You know, he's reconfigured, but at his core, he's he's a, um Imperial attack yeah. droid. Um, mm-hmm. So he could have had... I think he... Maybe he could have been improved um, by kind of being a little less human, maybe not flying the ship, which I thought was kind of maybe a little weird that the droid was flying. Um, but I don't know. I, yeah. I Overall, I liked him. Cool. Um, let's I forgot that they did uh, the CG face replacement for the, uh, the X-Wing, a few of the X-Wing fighters and like the Y-Wing uh, gold leader. Did you notice that? Those were the same characters from... Yes, although those aren't CG. Those are real. Really? Yep. They're, are you uh, sure they didn't use some light be- CG on their face? To it seems well, like I mean, did. maybe some light CG, but those are those were taken from the first movie, uh, directly from the first movie, and deleted scenes, stuff that never made it. Uh, That's cool. Into um, into the into the actual final cut. There was still some some random X-Wing pilot footage that never made it, and they were able to use some of that in those scenes. So as far as I know, that's not actually CG. 
Um, it's That's kind of awesome. Re, it's recut. Uh, I do. I wonder if they, I know in Force Awakens they used some of the original lenses. And oh, stuff, really? Um, to film it. I wonder if they used any of the original lenses in this one as well. It definitely seemed to have a different visual feel so maybe they didn't but yeah force awakens they use some of the original lenses i don't know what shots specifically but I, that always stood out to me when they were talking about the. that's cool <laughs> i did not know that behind the scenes yeah yeah i want to look that up now yeah um that's really cool um yeah in this one gareth edwards has always been a very strong in visual and not quite as strong in narrative um monsters was a his a really great movie that he that was his first movie uh, and then Godzilla the 2014 Godzilla was I thought it was awesome but it got kind of critically panned in terms of narrative and plot and stuff but visually it was amazing did you see huh. Godzilla did not nope nope <gasps> it's so good because I've never been a Godzilla fan. Oh, so, okay, gotcha. I found I found this this uh, note about the reshoots because he got me really curious. Mm-hmm. Apparently, Tony Gilroy was paid $5 million for 12 weeks work on script revising and reshoots, especially on the third act, which I actually thought was a pretty good yeah, act. Yeah, uh, He also recommended to the producers to hire his brother, an editor, to edit the reshot footage. None of the first two trailer footage... Wait, none of the yeah, this yep. isn't written properly. None of the fir- none of the footage from the first two trailers made it into the final yeah, film none. at all. Yeah, <laughs> uh, that's crazy. Now check out check out the trailers. second. So I I was hanging out with a few people the other day, and we watched the second trailer. Somehow I had missed it completely. And dude, it looks like an incredible movie. Also with an unbelievably great score, just yeah. to the preview. Um just to the trailer and uh, it bums me out. Yeah, Apparently right. it just Even did this not opening shot. Wasn't there. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I forgot. I loved, I loved this trailer. <laughs> this scene with the tie um, fighter appearing right in front of Jin or so dude, where was yeah. that? Um, saw Guerrera, you know, being like, what will you become? I love that line, but that wasn't in the movie. Um, you know, I was surprised with the, uh, the violence and the, like a lot of headshots were in this film, oh, like yeah. just boom, bullet to the <laughs> to the face, stormtrooper. Mm-hmm. I thought that was really uh, yeah, stormtroopers cool, got actually. wrecked in this movie. Okay, some of the footage made it because they have that amazing scene with the star destroyer and then the shadow of the uh, antenna mm-hmm. on the Death Star. That was an amazing, so shot. cool. Yeah, that was in the first trailer, and uh, oh, that's that definitely true. made it in. Yeah, yeah, there is a lot of stuff that. Oh yeah, some of it. Dang. Anyway. This is probably boring for a podcast because nobody can see what I'm looking at. But that's uh, that's really crazy. I, I I did get the feeling that maybe it was like a five hour movie originally, and they had to cut out so much. Yeah, apparently that the reason kind of ruined it. Apparently, but. the reason they did reshoots was because the tone of the movie was not working with test audiences. So I'm guessing it was too dark, and they said they needed to, yeah. even though everybody still ha- kind of has to die. At the end, uh, they probably reshot it a little bit to make it a little more palatable. Well, everybody dies in the end, essentially. Yeah, all the characters. The I thought it could have been cool film. if the um, if the Imperial pilot defector uh, had survived. Bodhi, Bodhi Rook had survived. Mm-hmm. I liked him. He was yeah, cool. I liked his character. Why? Why? What would he? Serve? I mean, he could he could go on to become like a just a rebel pilot. 
I think that would be kind of mm. cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't. I didn't see him. I don't see his character being in A New Hope or Empire Strikes Back or Return of the Jedi. You know, totally necessary. He could have potentially lived on. Yeah. Um, but I also don't mind that everyone died. I thought it was okay. Cool. The second cool trailer tragic. Does- a lot of these and, shots are familiar to me in the second trailer. Yeah. The first one though is, is very different. Gotcha. Huh. Yeah. But I, I do like well, though that in keeping with star Wars, which at its heart is really a space opera that we get kind of a star Wars tragedy story, which is that even though we got the plans of the death star and we, and eventually we use those to take down the death star, we lost so many good people in that fight and dude at the end when this when the star destroyer when um darth vader's star destroyer comes in he just destroys everything i was Mm -hmm. just like oh my gosh it was the stakes were so high at the end and i i really liked that ending Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and man just i love space battles that's why return of the jedi is my favorite star wars movie um Uh, in the whole like pushing pushing the ship into the into the yeah yeah hammerhead corvette or something it's awesome it was cool yeah yeah really cool yeah now okay i need to turn on i'm starting to dive into articles about uh why missing footage fans being upset that yeah what was used in the marketing materials of the film oh i'm upset too i'm I'm freaking upset um but let's let's go ahead and move on to the end which is what you know out of five stars what do you give this thing the end um i thought it was kind of cheesy that they were on a beach with a nuclear explosion coming basically to uh (laughs) uh, wipe them out it just seemed kind of that's an homage to some other movie i get every other disaster movie like it just seemed kind of silly but other than that I, i liked the way that um uh you know the guy came out of nowhere to save the day and and shoot um the other guy oh my god i'm so bad with character okay names. cassian but, sh- yeah, shows cassian back up and kills orson and shows, Kr- or shoots orson yes. krennic yes i like that i thought that was cool um you know a bit played out yeah. maybe but didn't I see like it coming too. so that made it exciting uh i thought yeah the whole mechanism of how they had to get the plans to the top of the tower and so beam cool. it. i thought that was cool too mm-hmm. a little silly i doubt anything would ever be designed like that but yeah but you know cool. this is star wars and it's kind of 70s ish and we're looking at you know data that takes yeah. time to send out yeah and and cameras cool. that have huge lenses and i thought it was cool how they used tv static uh in one spot to cut uh to bring a feed up there was like actual old school tv static mm-hmm. instead of some digital noise or something so i thought that was that was neat and yeah. uh very cool yeah i mean the whole the whole end was was fine it was good I, I i loved the entire sequence up until they showed princess leia's face yeah they didn't of, need to um, of them like you like you said darth vader to just this, show the Corellian Corvette yeah. taken off with the yeah. plans. I mean, we Seriously. know who's on it. Obviously, yeah. Leia's on it. Um, well, just show her back or her side sure. or like a reflection of her, like a subtle thing. Like, it didn't have to be this. She looked even worse. She, she looked the worst <laughs> to me uh, in terms of the believability of. Um, yeah, it was just annoying. The voice was fine. Mm-hmm. The voice matched sure. up well. Um, I don't know. Uh, it was It was great. Uh, ending overall I, I think where it sits on rotten tomato is like what something in the 80s or whatever is a pretty good accurate 
thing. Uh, All right, spot but for out of five be. stars, what do you give it? Uh, the end specifically? No, the movie. Four, four stars. Oh, uh, three and a half. Okay. I give it two and a half stars. I think I just, I, it was really bumming me out. I, I give it that extra half star just because I love the end battle, but otherwise I'd give it yeah. two. I just think it was not really a very, I, I just think that the, the end result of this thing was a bit of a monstrosity and I'm a little bit bummed out about it, but it's okay because it's just a Star Wars story, and The Force Awakens was awesome. <laughs> yeah. uh, and you sound so defeated. I, I do. It's it's because I just it really I'm de- I'm defeated because of, of the missed opportunities. I really think that this movie could have been better with small changes that would go a long way. Uh, and then it really on top makes of me that, wonder what they had, what they had sure. in the first. Oh, cuts, I'm first, desperate yeah. to know. Uh, but I just, and also the CGing in Grandma of Tarkin, we can, you know, I'm sure people will disagree with me, but I just don't think that that's how movies are made at all. I think mm-hmm. that that's a travesty and it cannot be allowed to continue. It's a future, man. I Eventually mean, actors aren't actually going to have to be anything other than voices. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> and then if, they'll just match up. Right. But I mean, if even at this point, even Jar Jar Binks is a more, is a better character because he's actually a fiction. He's a, he's not a person that was resurrected for no and 80 percent of our listeners just turned this off <laughs> yeah no trust me I, <laughs> I i hate everything that came before rogue one basically i get where um, you're coming from but yeah i totally agree but um and my opinion of my you know love of star wars is unchanged return of the jedi is my favorite empire strikes back is obviously the best and i love star wars new hope and the force awakens is great so that's that's how it is. It's always interesting to see how things, opinions change over time, too. Um, maybe this one will grow on sure. people, grow on me more. I don't know. I, I am excited to see it at home. And uh, I feel like it would be a good movie to have on in the background type of type of thing, just to hang out in the Star Wars universe a bit. Yeah, definitely. And they and, do, yeah. again, they do a really great job of establishing that universe. Uh, that, that was one thing that I was hoping they would get right, and they did, for sure. Yeah. So... Cool. All right. Well, uh, I got to run to the airport, and I'm not even packed, so All right. I got to pack, go. get out of here, um, and uh, yeah, I got to shoot weeks. tomorrow. But right. other than that, I'm editing and hanging out today. Cool, man. All right. Well, All right, man. Later. later on.